When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello, do you want some free beer? Of course you do. And you can have a free case of craft beer from Beer 52. That's eight delicious craft beers from some of the best breweries on the planet. And all you need to do to do this is go to www.beer52.com forward slash heart and cover $5.95 for postage, that's all, and you can get a free case of beer. Every month, Beer 52 send a new case with a different theme, and it's usually from a different part of the world. Uh, Members have now tasted beer from 40 different countries spanning five continents, so it's a worldwide thing. You can also get a magazine that will delve into the theme beer and producers, as well as a couple of tasty snacks to soak up the booze as it goes down. These are premium foreign ales, and you can choose a case of light beer only, if that's what you're into, or a mixture of light and dark. There's no minimum commitment and you can pause or cancel at any time. So it is literally free beer. Don't forget that's www.beer52.com forward slash heart. That's beer52.com forward slash heart to claim your free case now. Good luck, folks. Hope you enjoy it. everyone, my name's David Edgar, I'm the host of Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. Thank you very, very much for joining us as we get set to review yesterday's match against St Mirren in Paisley and look ahead to a couple of titanic tussles later in the week. Joining me to discuss it all the way from Tel Aviv is Andy Barnett. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, David. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. I, I really can't complain. Four goals and a victory. It, it felt like a while since Rangers have had such a comfortable league win. Uh, felt like a while since you were really able to relax in that final half an hour and and just enjoy it. Now, of course, it, it doesn't have the same intensity. That may be a reason for that, given the situation we find ourselves in the league. But I think after a few weeks of deserved criticism of league performances, even when the results were there, such as Dundee, I don't think anyone was was particularly cartwheeling home after the performance. I think it's only fair to say that was much more like it, particularly in the second half. 
Very much so. Uh, we can uh, we expect the Rangers or the Rangers teams, regardless of whichever generation we've watched them, to be dismantling teams in the lower half of of the league by at least two to three goals. And when you get a four nil, especially away from home, it's it's difficult to criticise. Uh, listen, of course, there was moments in the game yesterday, particularly in that first half, where it was turgid like it has been. But what 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 do we want? You know, we can't ask for more than four nil, a clean sheet, and generally a lot of improved performances across the, the, the team, including the subs, by the way, that came on as well. And I'm sure we'll talk about that. Um, so, yeah, listen, a big improvement, but that is the benchmark for, for playing against lower teams. That's what our rivals have been doing all season long against teams like St Mirren and Dundee and uh, Livingston, Ross County, etc. And that is what we expect from now on. Yeah, maybe a case of too little, too late. And I know that, that some of you will be listening saying, ah, David, keep believing. I've got a, you know, hands up. Uh, had we beaten Celtic last week, I absolutely would have been believing, but I, I just don't at the moment. Um, not because of what we need to do. Although I think it's a legitimate point to say that we haven't really looked like stringing six solid wins together all season, but uh, I don't see them dropping enough points. We now need them to, we need to beat them and then, realistically they need to drop points in two matches because of the goal difference. So I just think it's uh, there's no signs of an, an imminent collapse over there. And that doesn't mean that the season has got nothing to play for. I mean, no Rangers game is unimportant and we want to finish as strongly as we can. But more importantly, Andy, we need to take some form, which we haven't been showing. I thought we were quite poor in terms of not only the overall performance, but chance creation, um, too little of it against Celtic and completely non-existent against Braga. Now, the level of opposition is wildly different, but even so, it was good to see us attempting more, um, braver in possession, quicker in possession, and playing with Kamar Ruth as opposed to at him as if he was Alfie. Yeah, well, the first point you raised about not creating chances. It's always worrying for a team, I think, if um, you're not creating chances at all, because then you've got no chance of winning a game uh, at all. You know, at all. And a, a team like Rangers should be creating chances in every game that we play, including European matches. Even though sometimes we will expect to have less possession, and the other teams have more than what we'll have in the final third. Um, we have the players in this current squad and we have throughout our history always had players that can create something. And when that isn't happening, it's okay. That's problematic because it's, it's to do with the way we're set up. So it's much, much more pleasing yesterday to have watched a team create, what, 22 or 23 chances or a goal throughout the game. And then with regards to Roof, you, you give him chances inside the penalty box, he will take them. That's his skills. That's his his strengths. Uh, when we ask him to do the Alfie job and and drag defenders out wide and hold the ball up to bring others into play, it's it's not quite the same level. You saw yesterday though, David, that he did have some nice flicks and tricks at time to, but it was quick. Whereas with Alfie, it kind of he uses physicality. With with Roof, it was much quicker, and and I I felt that was very useful indeed against with all due respect, weaker defences. But that's what you want. You, we want a player, a, a forward player, inside the box and scoring goals. Uh, and Roof gives us that. Whenever I've seen him play this season, he, he he's looked like he can score goals. And we're going to need him in the next five, five, six weeks of the season because he's our main man now up front. He absolutely is. And, and he was quite bullish in his interview afterwards. He was asked if, if that showed that it proved that he could get the goals with Alfie at the team. And he said, well, I think I have proved it. I think if you look at my goal record, the two seasons I've been there. And his goal record is excellent. I mean, he, he is one and two. 
yeah. for Rangers just about. Um, uh, the issue has always been, of course, his fitness. And the problem with somebody who suffers a lot of injuries is that it's not just about they're injured, they're out of the team, and then they come back in and you get a certain level. There's that build-up to a certain level, and then you get the good period. But it, it, it means there's a lot of games in between where they're searching for both fitness and sharpness. And I think that that's been the case with him, that there's been a lot of matches where he hasn't played well. When he's in form, like yesterday, you, you absolutely see what he brings to the team. Um, but I think that maybe not playing on Thursday was almost a challenge to him, that we were needing goals and the manager didn't go with him for that particular match in Braga. And I think that that hopefully acted as, as a motivator for him. I think that the the issue that we have, right, first of all, nobody can do for us what Alfie does. It's that simple. Nobody can. And you have to accept that when he's not in the team. Very rarely is he not in the team. So I understand there's a level of mental conditioning there that you go on autopilot when you're playing and you do things. That, that's why you train, you know, to, to be able to do that, to do repetitive things almost by, by rote, almost by memory. But you have to be able to adapt. And I don't think we did against Celtic and against Braga where we got the ball, we put it wide, we aimlessly crossed in, we had it long trying to find Alfie. Alfie wasn't there, Roof was, and it just bounced back. Yeah, And I think that at the weekend, we did mix it up. We were a little bit more aware. Now, all of this, of course, is caveated by the fact that St Mirren are a poor side, right? I don't think that we can attempt... To, to, to break down this game without getting into that. They've lost, I believe, six of their last seven. They'll probably be all right from relegation simply because I don't know with a six-point gap to the to the, the uh, playoff spot. I'm not sure that St. Johnston or Dundee are capable of bridging that. But you certainly don't see St. Marin picking up a lot of points between now and the end of the season. So there was that in mind. Equally, we've gone to places like Dundee, who are a rotten team as well and struggled badly not that not that long ago. So uh, I think it would be slightly churlish to say, ah, well, it doesn't matter. It, you know, it does matter, clearly. We've got these big games coming up. But I think you saw by the selection that the manager was slightly looking ahead to Thursday night, as he should be, by the way, because Thursday and, and Sunday are much bigger priorities, realistically, than, than what we saw yesterday. Let's deal with the injuries, first of all, then. And John Lundstrom went off. Uh, the manager says he's hopeful he'll be fit for Thursday night. Looked a precaution again. That's maybe looking at the, the next game ahead, understandably. Philip Hellander, though, broken foot, going to be out for a while. Incredibly unlucky. A, a, a rotten season for him in terms of injuries. And that has prompted some Rangers fans to suggest... Sorry, go on. No, no, I was going to say, yeah, it's, it's just awful, isn't it? Yeah. Um, he's not got started at all. Um, and it's a shame because he, I, I felt that just as he was about to get back to some kind of form, because he takes a wee while. It was the same when he first arrived, he was injured. It took him a few weeks and then boom, you're like, oh, this guy's probably the best defender um, in terms of reading the game that we've got at, at the club. He's a proper stopper. And then it's just been stop-start for him pretty much ever since. And whenever he's played, the team looks so much more comfortable. So it's, it's devastating for him. Him, but also for for us, I think, because he's he's for me alongside goals, and that's our most solid and consistent partnership when they're fit. I think so too, but it, it leads to another issue. Now I know we're going to have a lot of change in the summer. Quite clearly, there's going to be a lot of players going. Goldson, for one, looks like 
he'll be on his way because clearly he hasn't signed a new deal. So he looks that, that he'll go and, and he's been an absolute stalwart. And regardless of what people say, one of, one of my pet peeves is when people say, ah, they're not trying. Footballers, you know, look at Tav, Goldson, Kent, Morelos, for example. They might have bad games, but they are trying. They, those guys never come up with a wee injury because they don't fancy it. And footballers do that. Let's not kid ourselves. Footballers do do that. Uh, God, you, you need to remember 2001. Bears, I'm sure, will remember the, the manager had a miraculous eight-month groin strain ahead of his move to Arsenal when the team was doing pretty badly. Uh, so footballers do do that, and they don't. They turn up. Now, they can be off form, but I don't think you can question their commitment. And we've been lucky in, in the sense with Goldson because... This is a subject I want to go on. I was talking to this to a few of our patrons last night on the, the Heart and Hand page over on Patreon.com. And I think any squad can carry guys who, for want of a better term, might be a bit injury prone, right? Because any footballer can get injured, by the way. That, that just happens. Any footballer can pick up a knock, can be on the end of a tackle, foot catches in the turf, it happens, it's an occupational hazard and we accept that. But we also know that there are some footballers who are more prone to injury than others. It's, again, just a fact. And there are various reasons for that, the way they play, their body type, all of these things. And I think any squad can carry a couple of those guys, especially if they, when they are fit, they make big contributions. The problem at Rangers is I think we've got about six or seven of those guys that at the start of the season you look at and you say... They are unlikely to play 30-plus games this season. They are unlikely to have an unbroken injury-free season. And as I say, I think you can get away with one or two, but we have so many, which means at best constant chopping and changing of the side. It seems to have always been like that. I mean, we go back to the the late 80s and the 90s, and I know you guys have been recording the, the dominant show with Martin. And, you know, we had regular injuries and, and players that seemed to miss out all the time. I remember Andy Gorham having, a, you know, every season he would, he would pick up injuries, and which is why we had Ali Maxwell and uh, other players as well. I we're think a lot of that, that nine in a row team was due to lifestyle. Well, that way. exactly, exactly. Whereas now it's a different type of player that you've got, you know, the athleticism, the diet, nutrition, the sports science, everything is right up there. But if there's any kind of weakness, they identify it. And we've had it with Ryan Jack, for example, uh, Kamar Roof and, and Philip Hellander seems to be the other. They're the main three, I would say, that, that constantly struggle. I think Bal- I'd add in Balligan and Arfield into that. But, yeah, well. and, and Balligan and Arfield. And obviously as, Ruth, as we've discussed, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And even Kent a little bit, although he's, he's been fairly, thank God, fit this most of this year. But there has there has been, for the last two, three years, uh, it seems like a, a an excess of players in this category that are constantly getting injured and you just can't trust and you worry this is the thing when you're watching them you worry every time a challenge goes in a 50 50 or they land funny like oh god he's going to do he's going to do his ankle again or there's jack going down i wonder what he's done this time or is that his calf or and i think it's it's hard because it does disrupt the whole style of play but also as we how we as fans are watching it we we know that without this player that we have to change something and it's going to disrupt uh, everything about the, the the sort of eleven on the park, plus what's going on in the training pitch as well. Uh, yeah, it's hard. But then, do we get rid of those players? Well, will somebody want to come and buy them, David? That's the question. If if there's an injury prone player like Helander, no, we did, we did. But then there's, there's always a club. That's the thing because it's you know you mentioned there it's a Rangers phrase over the last thirty years. If we can get them fit, 
Yeah. That, you know, that is... <laughs> the Jordan it, Rossiter phrase. Yeah, absolutely. But it goes back further. If we get him fit, what a player he'll be. And I think, you know, we added, of course, Ramsey into the squad this year as well. And he was another one that we knew coming in, but it's taken longer than we all hoped yes. for him to get back up to that finish. And look, again, before anybody says, oh, they're getting injured, you can't blame them. You're absolutely right. And I'm not. I'm just saying that from Rangers' point of view, which is the thing that, in the end, we all care about the most that you've got to be realistic and say, can we have you know five or six key players on good wages that we know realistically, based on the evidence that we have of their time with us and their previous career, are not going to be fit every single match for the stage they are in their career? Um, now, realistically, nobody's got to be fit every single match. I'm exaggerating. But you can pretty much guarantee that the players we mentioned will miss large chunks of the season. And again, I think that's, that's bad for con continuity you will miss certain players but it's not just about they pick up an injury if a footballer could come back and be right at his level straight away that that's wonderful Ryan Jack to be fair has managed it but overall they can't they take a little while to get their fitness and that again hampers the team and I think also hampers perception of them but to the game itself then um, Rangers perfect start uh, wonderful cross in from Ryan Kent there was Kamara Roof with a header. Bit of a nothing game in between, in all honesty. I don't think Rangers were ever any under, uh, under any bother, but weren't really creating much. And then, after a great opening two minutes, there was a great ending two minutes. Uh, uh, Ramsey making those runs that he can. Um, you know, it doesn't matter how fit he is, he'll always be able to do that. He should have scored. I was actually surprised he didn't. But Rangers, to, to our credit, I think, didn't then go, oh, we were so unlucky. They immediately got the ball back. Ramsey with a good pass out to Tav, delicious ball in, and Roof with a header. The other corner of the side. And I wanted to pick out something about Kamar Roof, and that is his movement. That If you look at the way St. Bernard lined up for both those goals, the line is fine. The line is fine, and their players are where a manager will drill them to be. You know, zonal, that's where you should be. You're there to deal with the cross. And the difference, I think, was that twice Rangers picked a man out as opposed to putting it into an area, um, which I think is the, the, the parlance, that twice you, you know, Kent and Tav looked up and saw where Roof was likely to be. And his movement is superb because as a footballer, as a striker, anyone who's played even you know the levels that, that you or I or any of the listeners played that will know if you play up front, uh, I did, you get told, hit a post, basically. You know, if you see a guy out there with a the ball, hit the near post, hit the back post, be in one of those areas. And defenders are wise to that. What they're not wise to is somebody doing what Ruth did. McCoist was the absolute oh, king of yes. Andy. Where you don't run about willy-nilly. You, you go into the box and you stop, size it up, and just take a, a wee step. And that stopping in the midst of all this activity throws off defenders so often. And then spring left or right. And then when the balls arrived at them both times, the headers were perfect. First one down into the ground, no chance for the goalkeeper. I know some people said it was it was close to them. Listen, it would have been a Gordon Banks versus Pelly save if he'd got that one. It was perfectly placed, powered right down. And the second one, I think, is even better because it's slightly behind him and he's got to crane his neck and twist it and generate a wee bit of power into it. It was a delicious, perfectly placed header. Great striker's goals. They were fantastic, and that movement that you talked about um, is is 
something that these players are it's an intuition that they have um that you want it from your your penalty box striker and we've got to start doing this every match now that is particularly domestically in europe i'm not so sure that the the defenders won't be able to switch on to that as quickly as st mirren where we'll have to wait and see uh or sorry as slowly as, as st mirren switched on to the other way around it'll be interesting to see if we get those kind of chances uh, on thursday night um and if we do Roof won't have maybe two or three glorious chances in the game. He might get one and he'll have to score it or at least get it on target. But the signs are positive and that's what I like. Like a hat-trick uh, and particularly those two headers, his movement, his timing, the crossing as well. Like you said, picking him out is... We, we complain constantly about Tav and Barisic and whoever else. It's all well and fine getting up and... and whipping in 30 crosses into the box but if they're going to the first defender or clearing everybody to the back then that's not doing very good but if you can pick somebody out like we did at the weekend and you've got a guy with the quality of movement and finishing that Roof has we will get goals it's as simple as that um the other thing you mentioned before about um the, the commitment I just wanted to sort of touch back on something is that I think as Rangers fans, we're very impatient. We know that. And we have had a rough season for multiple re- if multiple reasons, of course, which we wouldn't need to go through them all. But sometimes we also have to remember that we're human beings and we have bad days at work or whatever else. And the players as well, it's, it's, it's easy to say, well, their commitment is, is flawed or they're not trying. It's just that they're having a bad day or the, the rhythm of the team is disrupting or they don't understand the tactics or their managers. It's the same. We're, they're human beings. Um, and when they do get a result like yesterday and they do play with a bit of freedom and a bit of confidence, we have to be able to give them some credit. And but. That we need to see that though now moving forward. It's, we've got five weeks, if you like, to to, to rectify this, David, and um, that's the first match of that five weeks going into it. But great confidence for Thursday and obviously next weekend as well, which we can't take our eyes off. And um, I'm just hoping that those key players that you spoke about, Ramsey, Roof, Tav, Kent, that kind of four are going to be our attacking threats in those two games. And if we can get anything like the same quality as we did yesterday, then we'll be in good shape. Ramsey and Kent went off at half-time. The manager clearly, as I say, preparing for Thursday. Um, could have been interesting, I suppose, if St Mirren had got the next goal, but they didn't. Rangers did almost immediately and put the game to bed. Kamar Roof um, finishing up with a, an excellent hat-trick and well-deserved. He was able to go off after an hour uh, to, to get a bit of a rest. And to be fair to the Rangers team, I don't know whether it was a release from a tough couple of weeks or whatever, but they did continue to, in fact played a lot better in the second half, created a lot of chances, and really the fact that we only got one more uh, from 3-0 was probably the only disappointment. Absolute sitters for Scott Wright, Ahmad Diallo, missed Tav, might have done a wee bit better with a chance. Goldson was unlucky, stretching to get the end of a ball, didn't quite. When the goal did come, it was from Joe Aribo, and it was an absolute peach of a goal. We know he can do that if he's given a wee bit time and space outside the edge of the box he was which was silly of St Mirren and and he's just fired in a beauty into the top corner now Andy Joe Aribo I think is Schrodinger's attacking midfielder right now you can go either way on him yesterday's performance if you're a glass half full guy you go well He's not been playing well, and yesterday he could have went, ah, fine, I'll just phone it in here, especially as the game's won, and instead he went and he played and you know was involved in a lot of stuff in the second half. If you're a glass-half-empty guy, you can say, and I think legitimately as well, was well, all well and good doing it when you're 3-0 up against St Mirren. You know, that's not what we need from him. He's a he's a senior pro. He's, he's one of our star players. We need him to do it in the big matches. 
And I think both of those theories are legit. Definitely. Yeah, listen, we've got, we've got to be honest. He has not played well since he came back from the African Cup of Nations. Before the African Cup of Nations, he was our best player. We didn't want him to go. We were. I remember very clearly we were delighted when uh, Nigeria got knocked out because it meant we got him back and it's just not happened for him. He, I think I read a statistic that he's played the joint most games combined uh, than anybody else in European football at the moment between domestic and international. So maybe we need to cut him a bit of slack in that he is he has looked knackered at times. He played not bad at all yesterday, but the goal, I mean, it was a wonderful goal. And he's had moments like that this year where he's scored some worldies. And similar to what we were saying about other players, I just want to see it now. Okay, fine. This What's done is done. We can't change what's happened this season. But Joel, please continue with that for the end of the season. If it means that he ends up adding on $5 million to his price tag, if, if we do let him go as one of the key players to leave, because we do expect that will happen, then fine. But make sure that you do everything you can to earn that and play like that and score goals like that. Because he's, he's technically, I think, one of, if not one of the probably the most technically gifted player in the squad, and when he's on it and when he's on fire, he's very, very, very effective and difficult to play against. So, I'm hoping that he raises his game because he's gone missing against Celtic, David. I think since he's been at the club, pretty that's much repeatedly, it. yeah, yeah. I, and I, I don't know whether or not, and that's actually got me thinking about his future because I agree with you. I think he'll move in the summer, and. Yeah. I kind of, you know, always just assumed, I wonder if he did, the next move English Premiership. But in those matches, uh, he does tend, as you say, to to not be his best. So it's a case of going, well, I wonder then, could he play in the English Premiership? And I I genuinely don't know. But as you say, uh, goals and performances against the likes of St Mirren ain't getting him a move there. No, and that's why he's got two matches, really, to, if he can do the business on Thursday and at the weekend and put in those kind of performances, then uh, then big clubs in the Premier League will look at him. Or even a lower half team in the Premier League will look at him if he can do it at that level. That's got to be his incentive. I'm playing an, uh, an old firm semi-final, a European quarter-final. If I can't do it at this level, nobody's going to come in for me. And if that's what he, if he's trying to get, and he's trying to get his move to a big club, and you know what? Good luck to him if he gets it. We wish him nothing but the best moving forward. He's done well for what we paid for him, a great signing. But, Joe, please, 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 on the big stage, we need you. And not just you, there's many like you, but you have it. And he has more, more skill and more ability in his pinky toe than most of the players that he'll come up against have in their entire body. So... Let's just hope that he can do it. And uh, I just would hate for him to leave and look back and think, you know what, he was a great player, but he never did it in the big games. He's got two big games to to change that. Yeah, and I'm hoping that being left out on Thursday was a wake-up call because I can't think of many times, certainly over the last two seasons, where there's been a huge game and he hasn't started it if he's been available. Correct. Um, Whereas the manager, I I think, has said to Martin, I'm sorry, I can't trust you in this this huge European quarterfinal. And I'm hoping that that was maybe a wee bit of a kind of, you know, a a glove to the face and a wee bit of, oh, right, okay, I need to to perk up a little bit here. Because as you say, the ability's there. And I always think it's more disappointing, or you get more angry at guys who do have ability and don't show it as opposed to just, you know, guys who just don't have it. Because at the end of the day, they they can only give you a certain level. It's the guys who can do better um, that I think drive you up the wall and, and frustrate you. 
Uh, so that's us discussed a few of the players. There's a couple of other guys that that I want to talk about. First one, Stephen Davis. Uh, oh, how I have missed his wee face. Uh, <laughs> he he returned to the side yesterday after an injury, sure, but you know he has been out of the side for a while. And although a couple of loose passes before anyone says absolutely, I think that can be expected. You saw immediately what he brings to the side, which is composure. Uh, elegance in the hurly-burly of, of a 100 miles an hour midfield and just that ability to calm his teammates down, to go to them, to get the ball and to move us forward quickly in a way that I don't think any of our other midfielders do. It's, it is the one myth for me is why uh, Van Bronckhorst hasn't fancied Davis at all, given again his experience. You need players like that and Jack coming back into the squad. Lundstrom's had a very inconsistent first season at Rangers. You know, it took a long time. We all, I think in January, wouldn't have been disappointed had he gone. Kamara's had a poor season and Aribo we've just spoken about. And I think somebody like Davis, yes, he hasn't been at his best in the first part of the season, but nobody was, David. And I don't think we can we can lay the blame entirely on Davis. But what he does bring is that sense of calm that we have badly, badly missed. You can think about Ross County away, about Motherwell at home both times, uh, Hearts at home. Games late into, into the game were just a cool head, somebody just to slow things down and make sure that we were uh, seeing the game out, which we did so well last season to get us to 55 and this season has just not been able to do it at all So in, in week after week. So it's a myth for me why he hasn't been involved more. Has he had injuries? Had he, has he COVID or has he just been not the manager's choice? I don't know. But he certainly didn't do himself any harm with his performance at the midweek. And I think there's got to be a place for him in the last remaining uh, month or so of the season. I really yes, do. It does. There has to be. Even with it, with without a Lundstrom injury, I would say that Davis. Who do we want? Do you want a Davis or a Kamara in midfield at the moment? If given the choice, oh, it's not a not a question. I, I'd yeah. also say that I thought that in the last two games against Celtic Braga, Ryan Jack looked a little jaded, and that's yeah. perhaps that's fine. we expect it. Yeah, yeah because yeah. when you know he's come back and he was immense. See, for a year out to come back and play the way he did was astonishing. Um. And then maybe, you know, once the, the adrenaline of the comeback dies down a little bit, he's looked a bit understandably tired. We'll get Davis in then just now because he well, can he can offer you that that return. Jack also, hasn't had a preseason. He ha- no, he hasn't, uh, exactly. So he, I, he'll I think be great it, for next year, Jack, once he's yeah. had a proper preseason behind him and he's sharp, he's got all those little niggles away. We can look forward to that, but we can't ask too much of him, I don't think. No, I, I totally agree with that. And I think that in terms of what Davis can bring, I, I think other players get better when he's there. I think that they yeah, just yeah. They feel you know, more serene when he's there. And I think that he brings a stability into the side. And as I say, just a composure that, that not many players can do, um, but he does drive the team on. I know we talk a lot about leadership. And in the UK, I think sometimes we get obsessed with that leadership is screaming and bawling. Davis doesn't do that, but he leads. And they all look up to him and he can drive tempo, control ebb and flow of a match, which is very important, especially at the highest level, because you can't go flat out for 90 minutes. You need to know when you're going and when you're not. Uh, and he's a master of it. So it was wonderful to to see him back. Another player who didn't do himself any harm and continuing this extraordinary story of uh, the most up and down career imaginable at Rangers was, of course, Borna Barisic. Now, Borna came on on Thursday night, and I thought looked pretty good um, in the 20 minutes he was on. And then yesterday played, and I swear to God, if you had been on Mars 
from the end of last season to this, you wouldn't believe what had happened to Borna Barisic in that time because that was Borna Barisic. And again, I'm, I know it's St. Mirren, etc., etc. But there he was, winning tackles, demanding the ball, bursting forward, sticking balls into the box, taking set pieces. I don't think I've ever seen a footballer um, in all my time watching Rangers who there was no in-between when it comes to his levels of confidence. He's either tip-top or he has none. Borna is never sitting at 50% confidence in the old champ manager rating. He's either top of it or zero. And I I don't understand what causes it because, you know, sometimes it drops off when the team are doing well. But when it does, you know, because he's a shadow of himself. And when it, it's there, you go, what a good player he is. Great to have him. And it, Who'd have thought that he would pop up in the last couple of games and you'd go, oh, wow, Barisic. If the real or the, the good born that is back for the end of the season, that is enormous. It's wonderful. I mean, I think having a, what was it, about a month, month and a half, pretty much out of the team. Uh, listen, at, at the at Parkhead, I think it was fair to say that most Rangers fans had had it with Borna because of the way he just did not, switch on at all and head down allowed the, the the two goals against him pretty much from his side and it, it was it was embarrassing levels of defending and he hadn't been on a good run of form anyway I don't think it's unfair to say that a lot of Rangers fans maybe expected that he was done uh, and we may still see him sold in the summer it might be the right time to get in a new left back because I don't know if Calvin Bassey long term is the left back. I think he's more of a, a backup for, for centre-back. He st- still seems very raw. I mean, he's had a great season, probably our most improved player. But is he long-term going to be our left back? I don't know. We maybe need either Borna to come back or a replacement for him. It's so frustrating watching him because he has a beautiful, beautiful left peg. And I know it's one of those cliches in, fo- in football, but it is just a, a commodity to have that. And uh, yeah, like Roof, like Davis... Yeah, maybe he's got something to offer us and maybe he's had the kick up the arse, the time out of the team to look at what's going on and what Bassey gives us, which is physicality, which is, you know, keeping going, not letting his head go down and, and giving his all. And maybe he realises that that's the levels that he needs to, to do minimum. And then he can add his technical qualities on top of that. And he could be the best left back in Scotland again if he if he gets back up to that. But it just seems to be throughout his four years at the club, good three months, bad three months, good three months, bad three months. And, and we kind of, where does it end, David? Like when, when do we get to the stage where we think, you know, we need that Asasa Papach type player, a seven out of ten every week? Uh, you know, is that moving forward? Do you, do you want Barisic as our long-term left back? Or do you think maybe it's time for a change? I don't think he will be the long-term left-back. Again, I think that we are entering a period of change and I, I don't think he'll be about. I think Bassey is seen as the future, perhaps understandably so. But in terms of what Aborna Barisic at the top of his game can provide, um, it's a hell of an option. Uh, he doesn't have the physicality of, of Calvin Bassey, who does, but he does have... Um, a magnificently skillful left foot and an ability to put balls into the box that other people could only dream of. So he's a great option to have. But as I say, I just he's such a peculiar guy, and we'll look back on him. I think with a lot of fondness for certain occasions, and then someone will bring up. You remember those games though, where he just looked like a child had been put into the and a very small child uh, had been put onto the park, and 
it's it's just odd because you know you see guys and you know they're not quite on it or you know their confidence levels aren't all that they might be, but with him it's total. You know, it's just it absolutely envelops him. And, and opponents must see it when his oh, shoulders they do. are down they do. and they think, I'm going to get at him, you know? They do. Absolutely, they do. Because it, you're right, he's one of these guys that if we can tell from the stands, then someone can tell on the pitch. There's, there's zero doubt about that. But, you know, good time to get it back because I must admit, I thought that we wouldn't necessarily see that again in his time at Rangers. And the other one, of course, was Leon King. Um, he came onto the he came onto the field and look again. Didn't have all that much to do, but what he did have to do, he did very well, and he looked very composed. It was great to see him, and I'm really happy. I've got to give Joe credit because he could have brought in uh, Balogun, which would have been the easier option, the safer option. But he didn't. He gave uh, King a, uh, a game. And listen, we've all said in the last week or so since we knew that the league was pretty much gone, done. Why not give King and Lowry when he's fit and maybe even Robbie McCrory in goals? Get these guys in when we can, even if it's just a couple of games here here or there, because they are going to be the future. Um, Lowry and King could be the potential future, like spine, centre spine of the team. There's still questions about his, about his height and his physicality, but he's young. He'll develop that. But he just looks so calm and, and, and settled. Kind of a bit like how Danny Wilson did, if you remember, what, 10, 12 years ago when he broke into the side, slotted in alongside Davy Weir and just looked very, very comfortable on the ball. He's a footballer, I think, with Leon King. We can see he reads the game, he passes the ball well, keeps it very, very simple. And that's what we need in Scottish football. And it's something that we've badly lacked in the across the back line this year. So, yeah, I'm delighted and I've got to give Joe credit there because, again, he could have he could have stuck Balogun in there when, when Hellander got injured, but he didn't. He has faith in, in Leon King. And hopefully uh, that we'll see him and Lowry, if he's fit, get some game time between now and the end of this season because I think we're going to need them next year when there's going to be the, the sort of huge turnaround that we all expect. Yeah, I definitely think that there's going to be a lot of changes and... and hold my hand up here folks I don't know if Leon King long term is going to be good enough I know how highly rated he is I know the guys who cover the B team on Heartland uh, James and Ross they they rate him highly I know you know you just need to listen to people at the club in their interviews they speak highly of him what I would say is I would rather he was given an opportunity than we bring in someone on you know a big wage and the same goes for Charlie McCann and Alex Lowry I would rather us bringing in uh, playing them than bringing in guys who are uh, journeymen Really? Well, um, who, who have experience but don't have the talent that these guys have. Even right now, who would you rather play um, if you needed a centre back, Jack Simpson or Leon King? Like that's that's the choice. If you need a third or a fourth choice guy there to come in, play the occasional game, uh, and the same the same for, for Lowry at the moment. Lowry for me, I would rather give him a game than than Kamara, who looks like he's got one eye out the door. Um, he's done as a good turn, but. These are the guys that we want to see come in. You know, whenever they've they've played, they've played four or five times each for the club, but they've done a great job. You know, neither of them has had a bad performance yet. Um, similar to Patterson at the start, you know, you get them in. This is the first season. They play three, four, five games. Next year, they'll maybe hopefully play, tri- uh, tr- you know, triple that. And then they could become first team regulars if, as you said, and it's a big if surrounding both of them, if they're good enough. Absolutely correct. And right, uh, that almost uh, does us for the St Mirren game. But one last thing, and that was Ahmad Diallo. He came on, um, buzzed about, missed a sitter. Uh, just hasn't worked at all, has it? 
No, apart from the first 15 minutes against Ross County where he got his go and had a couple of lovely little tricks and flicks, uh, he's just looked lost, out of place. I don't know whether he kind of was expecting it to be different than what it is. We've seen a lot of players, you know, come from big leagues, big teams with hefty transfer fees previous to us. And they've just been lost. And uh, I feel sorry for him, Diallo, because I don't think it's all necessarily his fault. It's just... It's just not worked for him, and I don't know what he's going to bring between now and the end of the season. You know, is is it worth giving him game time at all if he's not even going to be here next year? Because he isn't. So I'd rather see Scott Wright play, and I'm not saying that Wright's a better player, but Wright we know is going to be around next season. So give him some game time instead of Diallo, and and thanks Diallo. But you know, it's it's good luck. Good luck to you moving forward, but it's it's not going to be a Rangers. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely not. And uh, uh, yeah, when Matt was excited, when you look at his, his pedigree, you think, okay, he's going to be able to come and do a turn. But increasingly, and I'll need to remember this in the future, I just don't think these guys, these, these youth products work. It's okay signing one like Bassey that you're planning to develop yourself. Yeah. Um, that's fine. But, you know, younger guys are just, it's too big an environment. It's, it's too big a shot. It's only Kent, if you think about it, Ejaria, Ojo, like a lot of these young highly touted players from the Premier League that we've brought in from clubs like Liverpool or whatever else. Kent is the only one I think that's that we've got on loan first that's actually worked out that we've wanted to sign the rest of them. It hasn't. Um, so I'm not sure that's the route that, that we want to go around. I, I go down. I, I agree with you, David. I think it's maybe better that we develop our own players. Yeah. Um, and like I say, if you're bringing in a loan and they're getting game time, and this hasn't happened clearly, but they're getting game time and someone like Lowry isn't, to me, that's retrograde. But and what do I know? Anyway, folks, um, we now look ahead to Thursday night, and Andy, um, it's huge. I mean, it's absolutely. There'll be a, a preview on Friday that will cover this game and look ahead to uh, look ahead to Sunday. So we won't deal with Sunday at the moment. I don't believe we can look ahead to Sunday. This game is far too big at the moment. We need to get it out of the way and then see where we are. And well, it's it's just. If you'd said to me at the start of the season, you'd be taking on a team like Braga, and I was there Thursday night in Braga, they're not as good a side as the one that we played a couple of years ago. They're, they're just not, okay? They, they're good, but they don't have that explosiveness that that Braga side had. And I think that I was a little surprised in the second half that they were happy to consolidate. And I think Rangers defensively got much better after a complete bomb scare of a first half. I think switching to the, the, the three helped a great deal, although we had zero, and I do mean zero, attack and threat in that second half. We could not get anything going whatsoever. But Braga were quite happy to, well, we'll win one now if we get a second great, but we're not conceding. And at the end of the game, I was speaking with some some Portuguese fans, and they were a bit surprised at, at us um, saying, you know, you know, happy enough with a one now, and they were saying, well, you know, it's, it's a great win for Braga. And I thought, well, you could have put us away tonight. And I think that you probably should have. And I'm hoping with all my heart that they are regretting that come full time on Thursday. Yeah, uh, listen, I think this, they're still a slick team. Um, they might not be quite as good, but I, I still think they had some good players. A very young team, that Braga team. And they, yeah, they, they, they are they, a good team, but they yeah. aren't. A, you know, to, to have a team like Braga to beat at home, and you know, we do need to beat them not... Uh, even if we were 1-1-0, you know, you get extra time. But if you're given that, the opportunity to beat a silent Braga to get to the semi-final of a, a European trophy, 
that to me is we we'd all bite your hand off for that. that oh, yeah. You know, they're, they're not Barcelona or or Leon. It's, a, it's or a huge it's a huge opportunity. I think what I was going to say was that their home record in Europe is very very good. I believe that we are one of the only teams, not been many. We're one of the only very few teams that have beat them on their own patch in the last few years. So. Um, they're obviously good as well to get to the quarterfinals like us. They have to be of a decent quality, but because we dispatched Dortmund, we blew away Red Star, particularly in the first leg, that the standards are set for Rangers to, to, to be very high. Um, that maybe that this is a much more even game for us. I, I do think we will get through, by the way, on Thursday, because with the crowd behind us, and with the players on it, this is a chance. How many times are we going to be, and how many times will these players be in a quarterfinal of a European competition with a brilliant chance of getting through to the semi? And then, you know, you get to the semi-final, it could be either Atalanta or um, or Leipzig. I don't think that's without the realms of possibility of getting to the final. There's a, such a huge opportunity for the players. And if you can't get up for it on Thursday, and I mean the fans this as well. I, I read a lot of people last week saying, oh, I just kind of got up for this, you know, after the old firm deflation. I'm like, it's quarter final of the Europa League. It's been 14 years since we've been at this stage, you know, middle of April and still in Europe. It is absolutely enormous. So I think we'll do it. I think it's going to be tough. I think we'll have a couple of scary moments, but I really believe that the players love this arena. They love playing at this level and the carrot dangled in front of them of a semi-final of European competition is big enough to, to see them get the job done. And with the crowd behind us, David, if, if Ibrox is, as we know it can be uh, under the lights, it's going to be one hell of a night and I'm just jealous I'm not going to be there. Yeah, well, I am, and I'm very much looking forward to it, and I know a lot of our, our listeners will be the same. Right, that will do us on this week's Heart and Hand flagship show. Uh, as I say, Heart and Hand Extra will be here on Thursday, reviewing the Braga game and looking ahead to the Old Firm semi-final. My thanks to Andy. Thanks very much, David. Have a good week. Thanks to our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers. We will be back, of course, on the flagship next Monday with a full review of the Celtic game. But if you want to hear more from us and continue the build-up, go to patreon.com forward slash heart and hand for up to five shows every single day on all things Rangers. Thank you very much for listening. And I hope that the next time I talk to you here next week, we are celebrating two sensational victories. Thanks for your time, everyone. Bye-bye. Hello folks, it's David here and I would just like to take a moment to ask you to go and check out our sponsors NordVPN. Internet security, very important. I'm sure it's something that you're concerned about as well. Me, I like to know that I'm the person in control of my data. I live on my phone and the amount of stuff I do on it from banking to documents to private messaging, I need to know is secure. We all know that there are bad people out there who will come in and uh, try and get our details and um, spend our money for us. NordVPN prevents that, especially if you're using public Wi-Fis or you're using Wi-Fis away from your home. If you use NordVPN, you are safe and protected. It also allows you to take short holidays to places if that's ever required. It's a brilliant product. I use it every day and highly recommend it. And you can get a tremendous offer if you go to 
nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand. That's nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand. Or use the code heart and hand to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan. You'll also get one additional month for free. Risk free with Nord. It's 30 day back money, uh, 30 day money back guarantee. So all you need to do if you don't like it is just say nope and you'll get your money back. So go and check them out. As I say, it's very important. You'll get peace of mind. Go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at chumpacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.